WCLS in Whatcom County presents Library Stories, a podcast to open your eyes to all the ways your local public libraries matter. Join us as we reveal the power of sharing at the library. I'm your host, Neil McKay, Online Experience Coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System. And today, Mary Vermillion, my boss, and I are here to introduce another podcast. I'm super excited to hear what you have for the show today, oh, Neil. It's good to boy. see you again. It's good to see you. So, so yeah, this week I'm bringing two interviews. Mm. Um, I'm very excited to interview Carmi, Carmi Parker, who is uh-huh. our ILS manager. Yes. And I do make her explain what that three-letter acronym is in the interview. So you're going to have to listen to the interview to find out. In your continued campaign to end three-letter acronyms. End the TLAs. The one-man quest. Yeah. There's more than one of us. (laughs) One person. Yeah, I'm sure. It's it's an international effort. You're right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to diminish it. We we have a, a... organization but we don't have a name because it would just get reduced to a <laughs> to a three letter <laughs> exactly so um carmy if you haven't read the news mm-hmm. carmy was recently awarded a movers and shakers award by the american library association yeah she effort. was only what only one of 46 national library Across leaders the country, yeah yeah it's a big deal we still have we have the press release up on our website wcls.org in the news section you can read all about it but it was a huge honor and boy are we lucky to have carmy working for the whatcom county library oh, she's she's great and what she is being awarded for is basically adv- advocating for patrons, standing up mm-hmm. for patrons. Yeah, Carmi really believes in the rights of, of all of us to be able to read freely and the important role that libraries have in making sure that that is possible and that there's equitable access to information. And And that was her, her quest. We just really are lucky to have her. Yeah, we really are. And so I'm excited that um, people are going to get to meet her. You know, yes, she's saying, incredibly thoughtful and persuasive and um, has a, a big, beautiful mind. And so it's um, a real gift to be able to, to work with her. And I'm really glad that you sat down to talk to her. People will stay tuned, everyone, because this is going to be a really interesting interview and, and also demonstrates the power of, um, you know, a library and advocating for your rights as a reader. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then I have another interview with, with another of, uh, uh, person who I kind of look up to as a mentor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's my boss, Mary Vermillion. Oh, <laughs> wow. So I'm honored to be on the same show as Carmi. My well, goodness. You should yeah. be honored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but we so we talk about library card sign up month, which is coming, which the month of September. That's right. Yeah, we're going to have some fun just um, telling people how they can get involved with library card sign up month. Of course, you can get a card if you don't have a card or help a younger person get a card. Maybe you're new to Whatcom County. Now's your time. Join us, uh, your new community by getting a library card. It's one of the first things you can do when you move to a new place. Um you already have a card that's fine join us in the celebration you can um, encourage other people to get a library card or just tell people um, why the library matters to you we just you know this is a month where we just get to open the doors um, the actual doors and the online doors to tell people come and join us Um, we'd love to have you at the library and a a card is a free way to 
to get engaged in a deeper way because not only, of course, does it enable you to check out library materials, but it also just is a way for you to sort of let everybody know, yeah, hey, I believe in libraries. I am a card. I'm a card holder because I believe in, in our Whatcom County library system. That's right. That's right. So we'll 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 be chatting about that. And if you're uh, if gee, I wonder what I'll say. Gosh, I can't wait. <laughs> you'll just have to listen and you'll I have to tune so. in and find I'll, out. I'll tune in. Uh, on to the show. On to the show. I'm here today with Carmi Parker, Whatcom County Library System ILS coordinator. Welcome, Carmi. Hi, thanks. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Okay. Well, my first question for you, um, and anyone who's listened to the podcast knows I'm not a big fan of three-letter acronyms. So tell me about what ILS stands for. Sure. ILS is the integrated library system. It's basically the database that keeps track of all of our books and DVDs and audiobooks and keeps track of all the patrons and all the locations. So this is how we know what we have and who has what and what's overdue. And um, it's kind of the, the heart of the of keeping track of everything. I was thinking it's the it's kind of the brain and the circulatory system and the central nervous system all at once. All at once. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a that's a huge job. And I'm glad that you are the person doing that. <laughs> and so how long have you been working for WCLS? I have worked at WCLS a little more than five years. Um, before that, I worked for Microsoft. I was a technical project manager, and that was a really interesting job. Um, but it was also very stressful. And at a certain point, I said to myself, you know, what would I do with my time if if I didn't, if I was independently wealthy? And I thought, oh, well, I would work in a library. And then I thought, well, maybe I should go work in a library for real. And so I pursued the Master of Library Science and got the the offer here at WCLS. And it's been really great. Wow. So this is it's kind of your second career. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's great. And you're and you're sticking around. You're not going to sit and say, what would I do if I wasn't a librarian, are you? Oh, no, because there's. <laughs> There's no good answer to that. No, there isn't. Okay, so, well, the reason that, that I wanted to talk to you, and I'm really excited to talk to you, this year, the American Library Association awarded you with their Movers and Shakers Award as someone who's moving the library field forward. In a year where public libraries, along with so many other organizations, have seen setbacks and difficulties, you managed to make a positive impact not just locally, but nationally. And I want to talk about that. Sounds good. So in 2019, you coordinated a boycott against one of the big five publishers. And what I hear is 1,200 libraries across the country joined that boycott. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Um, the big publisher is Macmillan. And all of the big publishers make ebooks available to libraries, but they don't have to sell to libraries. Um, and Macmillan decided not to sell to libraries. They decided that they wanted to make sure that um, new books, new releases, books that were just coming out were only available for purchase pretty much for the first eight weeks. And they only allowed library systems to buy one copy of an ebook. So typically we will buy up to 20 copies of a bestseller 
to make sure that that the all of the people who want it don't have to wait longer than maybe a maximum of three or four months. So this was a major issue with Macmillan um, because not only was it a, a major issue that they were sort of controlling the, the way that libraries can offer books, but also the the sheer cost uh, for libraries across the country of having to explain this to patrons who just want to read a book was enormous. WCLS belongs to a consortium of 45 libraries across the state that pools money together to purchase ebooks. Um, and we, our consortium voted not to purchase Macmillan books as long as they um, had these restrictive licensing policies. And we let other libraries know, hey, this is what we are doing. And other libraries agreed with us that it was uh, kind of egregious. And they uh, they also decided not to purchase Macmillan eBooks. And it turned into kind of a national thing. No, so let me let me let me understand because it is kind of a it's not a straightforward problem. It it requires a little bit of of thinking through in my mind. So normally the library system would purchase copies of an ebook as soon as it comes out. Right. right. And 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 if it's if if we anticipate it's going to be a popular ebook, we'll we'll order a lot of copies so right. that people don't have to wait, have long line, long hold lines waiting for the books to uh, be available. Mm-hmm. Because with ebooks, just like with hardcover books. Um, you still have to, we only, uh, the licensing part of that is, is, is not intuitive unless you've been in the system. So we, you, can you, True. yeah. With eBooks for most publishers, it works very much like print books where the library buys a certain number of copies, which can be loaned to one person at a time. And then um, they're, returned after two weeks and then can be loaned to the next person. Um, so if you think about ebooks very similar to the way that print books work, then you know that sort of explains why that happens. And the reason is makes sense. Publishers don't want to allow libraries to have unlimited copies of their books because then nobody would ever buy the books. So we understand why those limitations are in place, but we also want to make sure that the publishers are being fair um, as far as how they're allowing us to lend the books. And also um, one of the things that I've worked to advocate for is lower prices on eBooks because currently most eBooks are about three times more than their print equivalent. So now when you say that, that's for libraries, for libraries to purchase an eBook, we are paying three times more than the retail price. Correct. There's reasons that that publishers want to do that. Of course, they want to maximize their profits. You know, if they're going to insist that an ebook work like a print book, then I think that the cost of the ebook needs to be approximately the cost of the print book. That's what we're advocating for. Yeah. And so so back to what Macmillan started doing, if I'm understanding they uh, first of all they are they are t- 
telling libraries you can't purchase a book that has just published. You have to wait eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And when you can buy them, you're limited to the number of copies you can buy. We They would allow us to purchase one copy in the first eight weeks and then as many copies as we wanted after that. Okay. Okay. So, so they're, they're restricting libraries and, and the reason they're doing that, what is the reason that they're doing, what's their rationale for doing that? They wanted to um, make money from the people who would, who would be interested in purchasing a bestseller, but tend to be a library user. So they were trying to sort of transition typical library borrowers into buyers by limiting the number of copies that were available to borrow. They're hoping to squeeze out a few percentages of of um, revenue. Okay. So I see I'm a, a library patron and I see that this popular book that just came out has a waiting list of 55 people and i know it's going to be next summer before i can get my hands on it i'm forced to go out and buy it if i want to read it that's correct okay and that seems unfair i want to talk about i want to go back just and talk about the um big five publishers sure there are 2827 american publishing houses so companies that publish books. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we talk about the big five publishers. Can you tell me who they are and why they're the important publishers? Sure. So the big five are Penguin Random House, uh, HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, a book group called Hachette, which is uh, based in France, and Macmillan. Um, and between those five, they control about 80% of traditional publishing. Penguin Random House by itself is about 40%, um, and they are about to acquire Simon & Schuster, so they're about to get even bigger. And a couple useful things to know, all five of these companies are owned by large multinational mega corporations. So they all have enormous resources as far as their businesses go. Um, and it's, you know, we're, we're not dealing with the mom and pop sort of independent publisher. These are large corporations and they're also mostly international corporations. So they may not even count in your number of two 1,827 American publishing houses. Two of them are based out of Germany. One of them is France. One of them is Canada. And I'm not sure about the other one. Wow. So so basically, there's five companies that are putting out 80% of the books on the market. So it really, when we look at a smaller publishing company like uh, Sasquatch Press, or some of the, you know, there's some Northwest publishing companies. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, we're dealing with them fairly or they're dealing with us fairly, but what these five publishers do affects us disproportionately 
to, you know, to the amount of publishers that there are. Correct. Yes. Like almost always the New York Times bestseller list comes from one of these companies. Um, and these are the books people want to read. I mean, and they are awesome books, make no mistake. Like one of the difficulties for me with Macmillan, um, the boycott was that I love Macmillan's books, right? They, I like to read sci-fi and fantasy and they do an amazing job with that. So we don't, you know, we want to make sure that we provide the books as the library that the community wants to read. And so these are the companies that we need to deal with. And as far as print goes, they're all quite reasonable. They're all fair, right? Library can go out and buy a book in print for the same amount as any individual can. Um, and we can loan it without restriction. Uh, but with ebooks, the, uh, the publishing houses have decided to be a lot more restrictive. So the boycott, let's do it. Let's talk about the details of the boycott. What exactly happened here? What did you guys decide to do? We decided simply to stop purchasing books, ebooks and e-audiobooks published by Macmillan for as long as they were going to implement these highly restrictive licensing terms. And of the many libraries who decided to stop purchasing, some did it in various ways. Some purchased, you know, only if a customer requested something or there were various ways that libraries did it, but that's what that's what our consortium, our ebook consortium chose to do. And within, I think it was five months, it was, they implemented their restrictive licensing conditions, allowing libraries only to purchase one copy of something on November 1st, 2019. Before that, the, all of the books that they had to offer, we could buy as many copies as we needed. But on November 1st, 2019, they chose to allow us only to buy one copy of something for the first eight weeks after its publication to try to drive sales, you know, um, to try to force library borrowers to buy books instead of borrow books. They had those restrictive terms in place for about five months. They chose to drop them in the middle of March, 2020. And the reason they stated was it's because of the pandemic. But I have chatted with the vice president in charge of library sales at Macmillan since then, and he admitted that they lost money. So they lost not money. necessarily because of the boycott, but because libraries are enormous, huge customers of books. So but simply by restricting libraries from buying multiple copies, they saw a huge revenue loss. And I think they didn't see the the return that they expected in terms of people buying the books instead of borrowing. And so um, it, you know, may the, the boycott may have been instrumental. Certainly it meant that Macmillan was getting a lot of negative press, but it may also just have been a really bad business decision on their part because they, um, they restricted one of their most important customers. Right. And, and the, the concept that 
not allowing people to look at books, check out books from the library is going to force them to buy the books that they would have otherwise checked out from the library. That seems not quite on the spot to me. It seems like when I check out a book, it's not necessarily one I would have bought. I read it in the library because there's, there's a low investment to my reading this book. Yeah, I think that's true. And in fact, one of our partner libraries in the consortium, Jefferson County, was curious about that exact question. If a reader can't borrow an ebook for whatever reason, what do they do? Do they go out and buy it? Do they borrow that same book in print? Or do they just wait until their spot in line comes around um, or go read something else completely? And what that survey found was that about 8% of people do go out and buy it. For me personally, it depends on the book. If it's something I've been anxiously awaiting, I actually bought a book this morning because I can't wait for it to come out. Um, then, of course, I will buy it and feel really happy to be able to support the author who whose work I think is so great. Um, but I also read a lot just to test drive a new author or, you know, just to sort of fill in my evening. So I'm looking not necessarily for a specific thing, but for whatever is available, because um, I want to sit down and read for a couple hours. And I think many, many of our library patrons are like that. And that is reflected in the numbers uh, that people will certainly wait. They won't necessarily rush out and buy. But we did find that that people who like to read ebooks won't necessarily switch over to print. Some people do like both formats, but I think usually what happens is that if you have to wait for an ebook, you're probably also having to wait for the print book. So anyway, that was interesting that that Jefferson County chose to reach out and find some actual data on how people behave when they aren't able to read the book that they want from the library. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I read a lot more books than I would purchase. That's yes. how, that's how I feel. I'm if if I'm testing out, like you said, testing out a new author, uh, I don't necessarily want to invest twenty bucks or, you know more to mm -hmm. find out whether I love this guy or this woman. Mm -hmm. But if if I discover that they're great, then I might go out and, and buy the rest of their collection. Mm -hmm. So Macmillan seems like they, they kind of misjudged that. Yeah, I think maybe they didn't have the data that they needed before they make made the decision. Um, but the good news is they have restored their old terms. So we now are able to buy as many copies as we need to. And um, we are working with them and with some other publishers on lowering prices since that's also a barrier. Oh, well, that's great. You are, you are certainly deserving of a movers and shakers award because you're Thank you. constantly advocating for, for the patrons that, that we serve. So, Another question I have, a little off topic. Do you what are you reading right now? Right now, I am rereading The Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells, who is a um, Macmillan author. 
this is a sci-fi series that readers might like if they enjoyed The Martian by Andy Weir. He had that particular book and the Murderbot Diaries have a sarcastic first person narrator who's quite funny um, and it has some action. And I also like Murderbot Diaries because the narrator is actually a sentient security bot who is having to take care of some sort of hapless scientists who have stumbled into a conspiracy. And there's a subtext with some interesting questions around the rights that might be accorded to a, a, a being with artificial intelligence. And um, the so there's a, a sort of deeper layer there too, which is which is fun, but mainly, you know, just a fun series. That sounds great. So the Murderbot Diaries by who is it by again? Martha Wells. Martha Wells. And that's available at your public library. Yes, it is. All right. Well, Carmi, thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you do to keep the the gears rolling in the library. And, you know, thank goodness we have you here is how I always feel. <laughs> I'm glad that we have you here, too. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here with Mary Vermillion, who is, of course, the Community Relations Manager for Whatcom County Library System. Hi, Neil. Hi, Mary. How are you doing? Really, really good, you know, and we're working on a lot of really amazing things here at the library system, you know, coming off summer reading, of course, and uh, keeping people engaged with reading over the summer months and then looking forward to some special programs this fall. That's right. Fall is coming and, and that means September is coming and September, of course, is library card sign up month. That's right. So yeah. You want to know about that? I, I would like to know about that. <laughs> is just, that why you're calling? Coincidentally, I was curious about what what the deal is with library card sign up month. Of course we want people to think about signing up for library cards all year round. You can always sign up for your library card by by visiting your local branch or going online to wcls.org forward slash get a card. But as with any good holiday, you know, it's it's a chance for us in September just to remind people that a library card is free and it opens the door to amazing resources. So we join with the American Library Association and libraries nationwide each September to remind everyone, but in particular parents and caregivers and students and people who are new to town, that signing up for a library card is a first step um, on a path to really joining the community and to having incredible access to free resources, digital resources, books, magazines, audiobooks, programs, just on and on. So September is just our time to, to encourage everyone to, again, either come to their local branch or to go online to sign up for their library card if they don't already have one. You referred to it as a holiday a little yeah. earlier. I, I like that concept. Yeah. It's like, well, a, you know, yeah, there's something about holidays that makes you pause and, and, you know, either celebrate something or someone. And so this is our chance to celebrate libraries. And the celebrating of library card sign up month is something that you can do even if you already have a library card. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We're hopeful. And that's really one of the focuses of our, um, our month long campaign. So, um, 
Neil and I work together on community relations team and, and our team last year in the midst of the pandemic put together a really fun campaign just to kind of break through sort of the malaise of that time and the stress of that time and remind people um, with a little bit of joy and whimsy that the library was here to help them. And so we created this campaign with Sasquatch and friends to remind people that the library has legendary services and to ask people to, to state um, their belief in libraries. I believe in libraries. And so that campaign, which was uh, last September, actually won a national marketing award. We're really grateful for that recognition. Um, and we decided, well, shoot, since it's <laughs> award winning and popular, we heard from a lot of people who that campaign brought a little smile to their face. We decided we're going to repeat it again this year. And so um, this year in September, we'll be we'll be coming out again um, with our I Believe in Libraries campaign, our Sasquatch campaign, and, and inviting people um, not only, yes, to get your card, but also if you already have one and you love libraries and believe in libraries, please help us to spread the word by um, encouraging your friends and neighbors to apply for a card, just talking to people about what libraries mean to our community or to you personally. And there's other ways people can get, can get involved too. But you're right, Neil, it's not only about signing up for a card, but also um, if you believe in libraries, help us spread the word and encourage people to to get a card or to visit the library if it's been a while since they've since they've been in or since they've checked out our online resources. And And if you're a library patron like I am, it's mm -hmm. pretty easy to start talking about the things you love about the library. You know, no, tell my, me what you say. So, Neil, when you're <laughs> out and about in town and you are you meet up with a friend, how do you talk to people about the library? Well, you know, usually I start out talking about something that a lot of people don't know that that the library offers. And that's a streaming video service uh, similar to Netflix with classy first run features and Oscar winners from all 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 time, I guess, mm -hmm. 100 years of Oscars. Um, Criterion Collection, which is a really classy set of, of movies, foreign films, documentaries, amazing documentaries that you wouldn't have found otherwise. And, you know, and I get excited just like I am right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and often people will say, well, I never knew that the library had movies. And then I'll weave into, well, you know, they also have a streaming music service, which has all sorts of, you know, music that you know, music that you've never heard of, covers karaoke versions of songs that you can play. And and that's not only free to stream, but you get to download five free songs a week and keep them. And it's Yeah, and I know you're a music lover. I've seen you've even done some playlists and stuff off Regal, I, haven't you? That's our I streaming did. music service. Regal is our streaming music. Yep. Canopy, if I didn't mention that before, Canopy is yep. the streaming movie service. Yep. And then and then I start, you know, so I, I talk a lot about the digital stuff because when my friends who don't have their library cards and I'm, you know, sad to say that there are still some of my friends who don't have a library card. Well, you just got to keep working on them. I'm, I'm working on them. I'm, <laughs> That's I'm right. hanging out with them and just kind of elbowing them and saying, hey, you know, <laughs> someone will ask a question and I'll say, well, you know, you could call the library and any of the any of our 10 libraries in Whatcom County. And speak yep. to someone and ask them that very question. You know, uh, how many uh, community colleges are there in Washington State? Yep. You know, call the library and ask them. And then they'll usually say, well, you work for the library. Why don't you just tell me? 
And then I'll <laughs> have to look it up and tell them. Yeah, well, good, of course. So when I'm advocating for the library, which is easy to do, as I said, because I'm just really excited mm -hmm. about it. There's so many of my favorite things come from the library. You know, books, of course, new books, old books. If if there's a book that the library doesn't have, you just have to fill out a little form and they'll find it for you and, and place it on hold for you. Yeah, it's really an amazing resource. You know, our tagline right now is the power of sharing. And that that's so true. I mean, with libraries, um, everyone has equal access to the information at the library um, by coming together as a community at events sponsored by the library, um, by giving people access to technology who may not otherwise have it. I mean, it's just, it's an incredibly powerful um, piece of community infrastructure that um, I, I just in invite everyone to um, come and visit their library or go online to wcls.org and see what we're doing now at our county library system. That's just part one of my interview with Mary Vermillion. Tune in to our next episode when I'll bring you part two where we use words like mango and cryptids and Ragfinery and Tucentoc. So with our friends at Ragfinery, we have a pattern where you can make your own cryptid. <laughs> you call the library and ask Yeah, them hey, hello, library. What is uh, a cryptid? What a cryptid is. And that's our show. Thanks to Carmi Parker for educating us today and for always advocating for patrons' rights to read eBooks. And thanks, of course, to my boss, Mary Vermillion. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Until next week, this is Neil McKay for the Whatcom County Library System. Take care. <laughs>